You're listening to Jim and Mike Talk. Recording at the, did you say, Seven Studios in beautiful Washington, New Jersey. And now, here are your hosts, Jim and Mike. Why, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And this is Jim. And this is Mike. And we are on show number 11. Yeah. And we have a really good show for you today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent. Our main um, topic. Main event. Main event is our interview with Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's, it's, it's going to be a great interview, and uh, you listeners are going to enjoy. So, uh, how's it going, Jim? Good, good. Good, good. We're in uh, about five months into COVID-19 here. And um, and things uh, things aren't back to normal unless this is the new normal. Um, I think it's slowing down. Yeah, a little. Uh, but you know the music scene. You know it's hitting yeah. people hard. Um, last night you texted me and uh, and uh, said that Amos Lee was on uh, Instagram with um, a live stream. Yeah, yeah, hour long Thursdays. He does Thursdays. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was it was excellent. It was inspiring. Uh, I saw him live along with. Um, some other people down in Virginia two years ago. Uh, but he didn't do a lot of songs that I knew, but he was playing, I think it was the anniversary of mm-hmm. of Last Stand at the Lodge. Last Days at the Lodge. Yeah, that's two, a great yeah, album. 2008. Yeah. Yeah, and you, um, you gave me that CD uh, years ago, and it's mm-hmm. stuck in my truck, it's uh-huh. in the CD player, and it broke. Uh-huh. And so all I, you know, I have the options, you know, of... Of uh, using the aux cord or radio or CD, which is yeah, uh, Amos Lee, the last days at the lodge from two thousand eight. So that was just really inspiring. I mean, yeah. I was, almost brought the tears last night. It was so it was so good. And he sounded great. I mean, uh, yeah, just guitar and like he said, it's it's a different atmosphere uh, to be playing. Yeah, uh, to nobody. Well, he's playing to people, but they're they're watching. Yeah, and you could sense but, that too. I mean, he was storytelling. He talked about the lodge itself, and he was storytelling and such. But but you can tell he was still like a lot of musicians that I've seen. They're 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 not as energized without their audience and their constant feedback. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. So yeah, main event. We got the interview coming up. Uh, later, we're going to be doing uh, the good, the bad, and the guilty. Yes, and mm-hmm. uh, explain that again: the good, the bad, and the guilty. Uh, it's basically a song, a good song that we really like. Mostly a new, new yeah. We're song. going with we're going with stuff that's months old here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the bad is a, a horrible song that probably shouldn't even have been recorded. Maybe then uh, the guilty is, you know, guilty pleasure song. Mm-hmm. Uh, song that's uh, you know I like you like, but you know maybe you know we're a little surprised that you like it. Yeah, or it's not <laughs> really a genre we listen to normally, mm-hmm. but. So we're going to start with this day in music history, and we're on. Uh, this is going to be all, all August fifteenth, and I'm going to start with August fifteenth, nineteen sixty-two. We're going all the way back to sixty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lennon and McCartney drove from Liverpool to Skegness to ask Ringo Starr to join the Beatles. Cool. And uh, Ringo was playing a residency with Rory Storm and the Hurricanes at. Bootlands. I guess that's mm-hmm. a club. Yeah, yeah. And uh, shortly before, Starr had agreed to join King Size Taylor in Hamburg as Taylor was offering 20 pounds a week. Wow. But Lennon and McCartney offered 25 pounds a week. Just a and little. And Ringo <laughs> accepted. So 
It was a matter of five pounds that Ringo Starr became the drummer for the Beatles. Right. You got to really wonder if that was the money or if it was uh, something yeah. else that he could see in the, the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he would have been known as the drummer for King Size Taylor. Which... <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you heard of? I never no, heard of King Size Taylor. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue uh, with this this day in music history. Uh, four years later, uh, during a U.S. tour, the Beatles appeared at the D.C. Stadium in Washington D.C. to 32,000 fans. Jim, the tickets cost a whopping. Three dollars. <laughs> Let's spend three bucks and go see the Beatles. Um, you can't even get a drink at the DC Stadium now for that. Five members of the Ku Klux Klan, led by the Imperial Wizard of Maryland, picketed the concert. Huh. So you got the KKK at a Beatles concert picketing outside. Um, you know Why they were picketing. Uh, we don't. I, I don't know. I yeah. you know they're just too too uh, progressive. I think for the times. Yeah. The Beatles, yeah, just too... Or there were um, a lot of people at the concert, they figured, so they could get their message across. Right. Uh, it's horrible know, message across. Yeah, too. and yeah, and possibly yeah. Uh, maybe the maybe the fan base, you know, maybe it's a pretty broad fan base here mm -hmm. in 1966, 54 years ago, um, you know, and, and maybe they knew that there would be a mix of races coming to see the concert. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Oh, what do you got there? I have a Poland Spring uh, Orange Mango. I think it's a new one. Yeah. I like this uh, sparkling water. Yeah. And take a sip here. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, we have sound effects. So yes, thank machines. you. Thanks. Hopefully we don't become too annoying. <clears throat> what do you got next? Okay, um, this is August 15th, 1969. During a North American tour, Led Zeppelin appeared at the Hemisphere Arena in San Antonio. Jethro Tull and Sweet Smoke were also on the bill. Yeah. I've heard of Jethro Tull. Yeah. During the show, Zeppelin received abuse from the locals due to the length of their hair. <laughs> so what kind of abuse was this? Um, probably heckling... Yeah, I'm, I'm like they really didn't have anything else. You know, I just think about the you know the things that are troubling our times right now in our in our culture, and like really, you didn't have anything else to worry about but yeah. the length of somebody's hair. And I guess Jethro told that were clean cut, maybe. Oh, okay. and sweet smoke. Sweet smoke. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. have to. What year is this again? Uh, 1969. 69, Sweet Smoke. Uh, they probably had long hair, too. But I always imagine, you know, these bands that um, opened for someone who became huge, you know, and they went on to uh, regular jobs. Right, right. But, you know, you're in the office one day and you just bring up, yeah, I was in this band that opened for Led Zeppelin back in 69 <laughs> and nobody believes you. Yeah. Because maybe, you know, you had the band Sweet Smoke and you really didn't, maybe you didn't even put out an album. Yeah. And nobody yeah. can find you. Yeah. Even uh, on the internet now. Mm -hmm. But if we find him, we'll get him on here. We'll get yeah. him on Jim and we'll Talk. We'll get Sweet Smoke on yeah. here. Jim and Mike Talk. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead to 1981. Uh, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie started a nine week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Endless Love. It was number seven in the U.K. The song was the title from a film starring the young Brooke Shields. Mm hmm. Now, you know, Brooke, Brooke was once inspiring to you, Jim, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I remember big... it. I remember this. Well, she's close to our age. Yeah, yeah. And I had written to her 
I, I had written to her probably, it was before, I know it was before the holidays, before Christmas, New okay. Year's, because yeah. I received a postcard back. Wow. Now, I wrote to her in California, I remember. Mm-hmm. Some things you remember, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the postcard was postmarked from Hackensack, New Jersey. <laughs> and that's where yeah. uh, she lived with her parents. Yeah, yeah. I think she was... What year are we talk? Uh, she was probably fifteen, yeah, sixteen, like mm-hmm. and I was probably thirteen. I don't know. And uh, I did receive a postcard with her handwriting, wishing me a happy new year. Yeah, that I remember. But I've since that. lost. That was like my first autograph, and yeah. I since lost it. And, and you have so many others, uh, and they yeah. surround the studio here. Yeah, studio walls <laughs> and uh, some really or good I'll photos. Or have to write to Brooke again. Yeah, and, uh, and and you have to say, of course, you remember me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now we're on uh, <laughs> August 15th, 2008. Uh, U.S. record producer Jerry Wexler, who influenced the careers of singers including Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, and Bob Dylan, died at his home in Sarasota, Florida at the age of 91. Wexler produced the Aretha Franklin hit Respect, the Wilson Pickett song in the mi- Midnight Hour, and helped Bob Dylan win his first Grammy Award by producing the 1979 album Slow Train Coming. Mm -hmm. He also coined the term rhythm and blues while writing for Billboard magazine in the late 1940s. That's how old Billboard magazine is. So I have a little link to Jerry Wexler in that his son one day came into my print shop. His name is Paul. They're in Clinton, New Jersey, right? Yeah, he was getting business cards, and we started talking... Like I do with a lot of the customers about music, movies sometimes, um, or we'll, I'll try and get them in a conversation, a little friendly conversation. And Paul told me that his dad was Jerry Wexler. Wow. So Paul, Paul asked me if I played any, if I played music or played any mm-hmm. instruments, and I yeah. told him I played a little guitar, and he actually um, invited me to his house to jam, and I just, I was really... Uh, intimidated and it was years ago that was how many that was a long time ago as well it was probably a good 15 years ago and uh you know i can i can play basic chords and stuff but you know here's paul wexler jerry wexler's son and fighting me over and paul was a producer too yeah he uh, produced the go-go's first uh first songs uh we got the beat Mm -hmm. when they were a punk band so wow okay uh well jim i'm following us up uh also with somebody passing uh, August 15th on 2012. So that is just eight years ago. This is American musician Bob Birch. He died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in his Los Angeles home at age 56. Uh, Birch was badly injured in a car accident in 1995, and since then he struggled with constant headaches, dizziness, vertigo, and severe pain throughout his body. Uh, Birch worked with the Doobie Brothers, Brian Adams, Lionel Richie, George Michael, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, who you know well, Jim, mm-hmm. Phil Collins, Keith Emerson, Barry Manilow, wow. and finally, Sir Elton John. So, uh, passing of Bob Birch just eight years ago. Okay, so that wraps it up for our This Day in Music History. Yeah. And on now the- we got, we're on to the interview with Chuck Negron. All right, listeners, here it comes. Okay. We have a special guest on today's show. He is a legendary singer, 
He is the co-founder of the band Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night was one of the biggest bands of the late 60s and early 70s and have sold over 90 million albums. They had three number one hits and 21 consecutive Billboard Top 40 hits. So let's welcome to Jim and Mike Talk, Mr. Chuck Negron. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there you I can go. hear you. Hi, Chuck. Sorry, <laughs> right, we had this Pro Tools. We had the Pro Tools set up. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Welcome hey. to Jim and Mike Talk, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hi, Amy. Hi. So how have you been doing uh, during the quarantine? You've been keeping busy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're running around the house. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't gone out at all. I mean, luckily, you know, I have uh, I have uh, two uh, balconies and a, and a big uh, 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 whatever it is a loft, not a loft, uh, uh -huh. a deck, a deck I, out okay. there. You know, yeah. we, you know, we have all appliances, everything. So anyway, so and my daughter, my daughter, my one daughter came over uh, day before yesterday, and the other one uh, a couple of days before that. So. Uh, yeah, I, but I haven't gotten out. I'm doing a lot of writing, uh, a lot mm -hmm. of uh, I've got a whole a whole set of uh, songs ready to to start recording on my Pro Tools. Oh, okay. I got a That's couple great. of guys. That, you know, now you can work all over the country. You can work with you know anyone mm -hmm. you want. Uh, uh, in you know their studio and in my studio. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm getting ready. Have to you start. have you heard about the drive-in concerts? Have you thought about no, yeah, no, what, what, what's that, Jim? Where um, you set up a they set up a stage in a parking lot, and people pull it <laughs> yeah, pull so, in with their cars. So it's like a drive-in theater, but they're driving in, yeah. and you know they got their got their drinks in their car or whatever they got food. Yeah, yeah, no, no, play. no, I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't heard of that. So uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, what, we, I don't know what's going on. We don't know if this is going to go on. You know, it could be next year. Everything's been canceled, you know, I figure this year. Yeah, we've this got our tour. The yeah. Happy Together Tour starts uh, again next, next May. So, oh, okay. So we're, we're already, they're already making, you know, the dates uh, are filling up and we'll all be, um, you know, be doing, you know, be doing that next year. So I'm, I'm, yeah. excited, I'm excited about that. And, um, <laughs> But you know, you've got to wait. That's, yeah, I mean, right, gotta, right. I mean, this is the time I'm singing. This is the time I'm I'm performing. You know, I perform. right, yeah. right. Summertime is concert time. The whole exactly. summer, we do sixty dates. Yeah, you know, summer. So that's, well, I uh, saw like um, Peter Noon, uh, Herman's Hermits. Yeah, he's doing a couple of drive-in concerts. Uh, oh, good for him. He's Jim Gaffigan, comedian. He's real hard. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. He's he, you know, but yeah, I have to check it out. I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard about it, but I'll check, you know, uh, with the agent to see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, um, you got married uh, during the, was this during the quarantine? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Andy yeah. and I have been together almost nine years. And okay. We, we uh, yeah, about, oh, almost a year ago, a year, a year ago, we uh, got engaged and we were set to get married in, uh, in March, I guess, in April. Yeah. And, and, you know, the quarantine and all the stuff, so... Everything was canceled. You had to get the mm -hmm. wedding was in Atlanta, big wedding. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so everything. We lost, you know, the big hall, all the, you know, everything. Are you still planning uh, the big wedding? Maybe next we're year? Hoping, or? Yeah, we're hoping um, next year to, to, to have the wedding in Atlanta. 
Okay. Oh, good, good, good. Chuck, we're going to get into some a uh, little bit of history and then come back to uh, stuff yeah. you're doing now. We want to, of course, sure. at the end here, you know, what you're doing, what, uh, what you're into, and what, like you just said, the songwriting and stuff. Sure. Yeah. So um, bef- let's talk about the, go to the beginning of your, uh, your singing career. There, uh, before Three Dog Night, you were in a band called The Rondells. Was this like during high school or something? Yeah, it was actually started in in, uh, in middle school, but back then it was junior high school. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It started in junior high, <laughs> and uh, you know, a bunch of guys put a bunch of guys together. One of the guys had Eddie Robbins. He had a record that did fairly well on the East Coast, and he had done American Bandstand, and so you know, there was a guy that really has something going on and it ended up that I ended up singing lead over him. I, uh, he was the lead singer. Right. And the guys in the band decided they wanted me to sing lead. So, uh, so we continued and then, you know, we, uh, you know, we ended up putting out some records and working, you know, working some great, you know, the, the Apollo and we worked clubs in Harlem. We were so young, we just went in and sang and then they rushed us out again. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, and you, and you, and you go ahead. Go on. No, one. Yeah. Yeah, so you took the name Chuck Rondell for a while. You you made that your yeah, stage yeah. name. So, yeah, so when I was on Columbia Records, when I was in college, um, I made three records. I made a record on a, a small label called Marlinda, uh, Sharon Lee, and When Love Comes uh, My Way. And then I uh, made another record called uh, I Dream of an Angel. And Columbia Records, I was getting, mm-hmm. I was making, I was getting chart on the charts in Central California. Uh, all the way from like you know Santa Barbara to uh, Bakersfield, because <clears throat> you know, it's a regional area. So mm-hmm. got, Columbia got interested, set up an audition, and at that point I was in a band called uh, Chuck Rondell and Sorcerer Brothers. Actually, there were five brothers. I think there's even mm-hmm. more than five. But in the band there was four, and then they kept as one got older, <laughs> another one came yeah. in. <laughs> you know, there was some solving, you know, and they were you know. Blonde hair, blue eye, and it was. <laughs> Is that with they instruments were, too, or were you guys singing? Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, they all okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Full, yeah, yeah full-blown band, and they sang. Yeah, okay. Um, and um, actually, they had a one of the guys had a hit. It was in uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, an instrumental. He played sax. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I'm so yeah, bad yeah. With, with actual facts, but. Yeah, so uh, we, we, we all went up to Columbia Records, and Columbia decided they wanted to sign me and not the other guys, so that was kind of a, yeah. kind of a drag. <laughs> yeah. But they said go for it. So That's a uh, tough place I, to be in, to, to, leave, oh, to leave a band and, and go solo with, where the opportunity is. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, yeah that's a it, tough it, decision. The record business, that was probably the first time I went, ooh, this is hardball. And yeah. then, you know, they all say, Chuck, what are you going to do? You're not going to say no, but, you know. <laughs> so, I, you know, I had their blessing, and they, they were great. They are great. And, um, I mean, we're friends to this day. We do shows from time to time. Okay. Uh, to, cool. The college we went to, we met in college. We go, you know, do shows. We did a show. Uh, we've done two benefits already up in Santa Maria for, for cancer and for the college once. So, it's, you know. It's, Very cool. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great relationship. Anyway, yeah. When they wanted to know what name we could, well, actually, I was Chuck Rondell at the time. So yeah, they, yeah, and that was that was traveling uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. You went to the West Coast with the yeah, name yeah, Chuck I went Rondell. To the West yeah. Coast. I, played, I yeah. played basketball. And, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I played. Uh, the school was like a, a, a training ground for uh, you know for kids. 
who had, you know, had, had needed to do better on the SATs for black ball players who, who really mm-hmm. had to get some praise because back then there were no teams that were all black. Matter of fact, most of the teams, there were only a couple black ball players. It was, it was wow. a different time, 1961. Yeah. Wow. A different time. So a lot of these high school All-Americans went through the school and they got their grades up and they went to major university. You know, I mean, they had, I mean, Bill Sharman was the guy that recruited me. You know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he was at Cal State LA. That's where I went after Hancock College. I went to Cal State LA, but I left. Okay. And the football coach was John Madden. Oh. <laughs> wow. Everybody yeah. knows that name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And, and, he, and it, the offensive coordinator, uh, what was his name? Uh, he, anyway, he ended up being the coordinator for Dallas when they won the Super Bowl, offensive yeah. coordinator. Anyway, yeah. so it was like, you know, this school was amazing. Yeah, so, so this is early 60s, and this is early 60s, and you're saying there's not a lot of black guys on the team. It's mostly, No, 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 know, our team was black. Well, okay, okay. I'm just saying you, you couldn't get in. The black ball players couldn't get in some of the, the schools because they only took one or two. So if wow. you had to get your grades up, you had to, you know, and so that's what the school did. I mean, they had tutoring. It was a great, great program. Yeah. Uh, and all these guys went on to major universities. John Dampier went on to play uh, at Miami with Rick Barry. And there's a you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of he, he, you know, he, a lot of people said he was a better player than Rick Barry. You know, so were you a good, were you a good player? You were a good yeah, player. Yeah, you know, he was an all city basketball player in New York. Do you think yeah. um, if you didn't go the route of, you know, recording and singing that you would maybe have gone to the NBA? No, no, I would have been, I was, <laughs> would have been a really good division one uh, guard. Okay. You know, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, but beyond that, and these guys, are, you're gonna, I mean, I know you understand, these guys are huge. I mean, these mm-hmm, guys, yeah. are, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and they're faster yeah, yeah. than me. I mean, they're <laughs> than me. But I mean, you were in good shape. I'm sure you were skilled and fast if you didn't have the highest height. Oh, no, I was very, I was yeah. very quick. Quick, you know, yeah. You know, the first two steps, you know, that's, you <laughs> can get anybody with those verses. And I was a great shooter, so... After I went around you once, you backed off, and you don't. People don't mind if you shoot <laughs> in your jump shots. They just don't want you to go make them look foolish going around them. Right, so, right, right. So uh, you know, so I had a good game. I could dunk. I got up real good, um, and you know, and I loved it. But yeah, the mm-hmm. time came when I when Columbia Records said, "Hey, look, you, this ball thing is ridiculous. You know, you miss. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if we want you to rehearse, and you say you got a basketball game. What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which it, you know, both both could lead to careers, but you know, a, a career in singing, a career in the music industry, you gotta you gotta jump on that, and you would get the yeah. advice to take it. Yeah, yeah and that's what I did. Alan Stanton from uh, he was the at one time the president of Columbia, but he was at that time vice president. Um, called me up and he said, "Hey, we got people coming here every day. People you wouldn't even believe how talented they are." But for one reason mm-hmm. or another, yeah. they don't fit. You actually have a deal. You've got people excited about <laughs> it. And you're not that showing is up. That, that's, you, you know, you basically said I was stupid. You know, <laughs> so he said, you get in here or, you know, it's going to be over. And so I left school. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, had, I learned a lot. It was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a couple of, was, you know, made some good records there, just not the kind of records I wanted to make. And, uh, but God, I learned a lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk uh, about Three Dog Night. Sure. So you guys were one of the biggest bands in the late 60s. 
mid seventies. Starting the arena, the whole arena scene, the whole yeah. large stadium scene, right? Mm-hmm. And with yeah, you yeah. and Corey yeah, we Wells, Danny Hutton, uh, your hits were "Joy to the World," "Mama Told Me Not to Come," uh, "Shambala," old fashioned uh, love song. song. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're <laughs> to name a few. We're twenty-one top forty hits in yes. a row. And 21 I, top 40. Yeah, I mean, seven, wow, who else can say that? Number, That's amazing. Seven number one records, uh, you know, on the Billboard, Cashbox, or, and or uh, mm-hmm. uh, Record World charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, adult Contemporary or Pop, we had seven, you know, seven mm-hmm. number ones. And 90 million albums. Wow. So, yeah, right, is that correct? We had, we had a great yeah. You know what I find fascinating? How it hasn't translated into, in today with the band being having a big, you know, not having a bigger uh, profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it does as far as, you know, getting play on, on classic and all, and all these uh, stations. But, you know, in the conversation of uh, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, Three Dog Night is not, uh, not mentioned that much. It's just fascinating. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in a couple of uh, 70s groups on Facebook. Yeah. And every week I see someone posting Three Dog Night. Yeah. Oh, you know, so it's okay. still, yeah. Now, how did, um, how did you first meet Corey Wells and Danny Hutton? Well, I've seen Corey Wells at the, at the Whiskey. He was in the house band. Okay. And the Whiskey was the place, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it was yeah. the hottest. I mean, everyone went there. So um, I hadn't met him, but then uh, I met Danny. Danny and I, I sang background on one of Danny Hutton's records. He okay. was very hot at the time. He had just had a, a top 10 record in L.A. called Roses and Rainbows, a really good record that he wrote, song he wrote. And then the next uh, one, he asked me to sing, uh, sing background. So, um, you know, we became friends. And, uh, you know, I got a call one day that uh, you know, he'd go over there. I went over there. It was Corey. And they went, um, you know, let's, let's jam. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, we sang and we, we had a lot of fun. And then they said, look, we're going to start a group. We would like you to be in it. And I went, oh, <laughs> fantastic. Because, <laughs> you know, they were, you know, they were really, I was very excited. I mean, these guys are really good. And, you know, to me, yeah. it was, I still, you know, I, I, with all I had done making records and performing since I was 15, yeah. it was always just fun. I never looked at it as making, uh, you know, making a career because I was, oh, okay. my, my love was sports. So yeah, yeah. when I got into place, well, oh my God, I got to make a living here. These guys were in that place for, for a while. So I really, yeah. right. I looked, so I you were able up, to follow along with them. Yeah. yeah I, looked they, um, I looked up they, to them. They toured with um, Sonny and Cher, is that correct? Yeah, actually, that's the only tour Danny had ever done. I found that out. <laughs> okay. never performed live. That he, wow. he, he basically was a studio guy, which is, you know, mm-hmm. you know he actually helped us in on that, and he was ahead of us. So, uh, but he had, that was the only tour he'd ever done. He only did like one song a night, and he was, you know, out for a month. So he really had no experience. But Corey, he was unbelievable on stage. He had worked, you know, live like me. I had worked, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I knew the stage. I would worked years on the stage. So you were able to learn, but you were able to learn from him. Oh, uh, yeah. Corey, uh, Corey took it to a whole other level as of uh, what a, a front man is. And he, he, he could dance and he was, you know, he was just really uh, a great, great showman, a great talent. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. The best boss I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy, you know, I've worked with a lot of people. This guy was the best. Right. And so I learned a lot from, you know, a lot from him. Danny kind of was uh, very awkward on stage in the beginning. 
but hmm. there were three of us, so you know you, you didn't have to do yeah. very much. You know? I mean, yeah, it's not <laughs> all. It's not all on you. That actually yeah, is, yeah. is 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 helpful. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah so Danny found his way, and I found I found a balance in between the two. Danny didn't do much, so I I definitely did more than him. Corey mm-hmm. did a lot, so I did less than him. So it didn't look like it was competing. And, and so right. we all found our way. We had this magical thing that the, the three of us, that was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We enjoyed one another. We laughed. We, we goofed on one, you know, on one another. It was a very playful, fun thing for a long time. Now, there's three of you, and so you've got the play on words with the three of you. Everybody knows that, along with Three Dog Night. So you wanna, can you explain the, the meaning of Three Dog Night or how, you came, how that came about? Because, you well, know, you hear Three Dog Night, and you know there's three lead singers. So it kind of rings together. Yeah, well, when the bass uh, first got together, uh, you know, we're throwing names around, and we would, like, pop into clubs just to, to play because, we, you know, we, we didn't – at that point, we had a new band. We had four musicians that were unbelievable. Joe Shermie, Michael Alsip, Jimmy Greenspoon, and Floyd Sneed. And mm-hmm. we would go in these places. So we came up with a tricycle, which is another thing, three. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. six, foot, six foot three was another one. <laughs> six foot three. Three guys yeah. six foot tall, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so Van Dyke Parks um, – was a friend of ours. You know who Van Dyke is? Van Dyke not, Park, no. Van Dyke Park uh, uh, wrote uh, with Brian Wilson uh, on uh, the Smile Smile records. He wrote mm-hmm. Heroes yeah. and Villains. And he, he wrote a whole bunch of stuff <clears throat> with Brian. He was a great producer. He worked with a lot of people. And he, a very sophisticated, educated guy, and he was reading a Mankind magazine. And in the Mankind magazine, he saw an article about this uh, Aborigine tribe who their term for a very cold night was a three-dog night. And yeah. he thought the story was, it was very spiritual in the sense that the dogs saved the men on freezing nights and the men saved the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Because they slept. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it was freezing. You slept with three dogs. Sharing so the body warmth. It was a freezing night. So he thought that was a very spiritual, you know, spiritual thing and something that would be a very good name for us because the three of us would take care of one, one another because, you know, on a cold night, whatever. So he gave the article to uh, Danny, and then Danny's girlfriend uh, gave it to the group. So, yeah, Van Dyke Park yeah. came up with it, and we just thought it was uh, a, a great, great name. And uh, so, boom, we had it. Yeah, it's a very intriguing name, I think, you know, instead yeah, of yeah, just naming, you know, your I last know, name or something. When people first <laughs> Like the, the management director, what the hell is, what does that mean? <laughs> but that's and good, we, that's good. We had, we had to stop people, <laughs> would always go, the three dog, and we're not the three dog. <laughs> it's a three dog night, it is three dog night. Three dog yeah. night. No, no. You know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the, we go, oh, that ass. <laughs> oh, that's one heck of a three dog night. Now you, um. You had 12 consecutive gold albums. Actually, they were platinum, and now they're platinum. I got Quite oh, impressive. Cool. That's great. But I won a, a platinum award for six records that, uh, they, you know, this one platinum, six of the later uh, Three Dark Night records. But I wanted yeah. to ask you, this is in your book. In 1982, you sold, I don't know if you sold all your gold albums. No more. Now, have you ever tried to find them or... Or don't you care to find them? Yeah. No, well, it's a very, 
Very interesting. No, no, I really, that's a great question. I really wanted to find them. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I, got, I started getting these, these uh, messages that this fan bought seven, this fan uh-huh. bought, mm-hmm. you know, and um, they all wanted to either give them or sell them to me, you know, mm-hmm, get their right. money back, which, you know, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I just decided, I said, you know what? They're, that was a whole part of my life. You know, that's behind me now. I'm clean, mm-hmm. I'm sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I just kind of didn't, I said, I don't want to buy them back. I went, no, thank you. Um, yeah. And then my first year of sobriety, the year I, I, uh, my family got me uh, f- five of them. Oh. <laughs> and on wow. each birthday, I got more and I finally got them all back. Oh, they, wow. Wow. You did. PR. Excellent. You nice. call it the RIAA, <laughs> you know, the, the governing body, and the, the RIAA calls the, 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 the record company and they go, yes, mm-hmm. this man, yeah, you know, and then mm-hmm. they, they'll make them, you got to buy it. They, my family had to buy it, but, and then I eventually got them all back and I have them uh, on, my, on my wall. Okay. So, Very uh, cool. Because it was know. representative of your of the career. The, yeah, it's your you success. Know. I mean, even though it is, yeah, you know, yeah. your previous life, you know, so to speak, yeah. it's, oh, no, it, it really no, is success. I mean, the people come in my house, and I, I know I think about 20 of them on my, on my, on my, <laughs> on my, on my, well, they take, you know, I have a two story, uh, my living room is two stories, uh-huh. it, you know, because it goes from the first floor to the second floor. Chuck, I've never seen one or handled one, so that that is special. Hey, let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about some of the songwriting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The um, so you had great access to some writers, great, and probably some of them were just starting out. I think writing. Sure. You know, like Harry Nilsson, Paul Williams, uh, Randy Newman, Mm -hmm. Hoyt Axton, uh, Elton John, even. Yeah. now, did you, were you able to pick the songs when you were about to record an album? Were you able to pick the songs that fit? We all, the vocals? Yeah. How, did they, how did they come to you, so to speak? How did okay, you, how did you have was, access? When I was on Columbia, how, before, well, I'll go back. How, the Rondells, there was a guy in the Rondells uh, who put the, guy, the, the band together, uh, Bob mm-hmm. Tart. He knew everything. He knew where the writers were, the Brill Building, oh, okay. Broadway, and that's where we'd go once or twice a week. I mean, we were 15 years old. We had to take a train downtown, blah, blah. and we <laughs> stayed. We, and we find that's how we got a deal singing, uh, singing at one of the uh, the record companies. And uh, anyway, uh, so uh, so we learned, I learned very young that song was the key. And right. then mm-hmm. it was reinforced when my deal with Columbia was. I, I started hearing this stuff, and I said, this, this is not going to work. And I really offended my producer when I said that. So I said, could you set up some meetings with some, you know, uh, you, know I, you know, Jack Nitsche's doing some really good things with the Ronettes and Phil Spector. He, Jack mm-hmm. Ritchie wrote and arranged for all of the Spectre's things, not all of them. Mm-hmm. And then Jack and Shannon, who was hot. So I met with them, and we kind of got wrote some really good songs Columbia didn't want to do any of it. So when I left Columbia, I knew that the key for Three Dog Night it would be great songs. So we started out writing together. And it was just taking forever because mm-hmm. we just, you know, that process is something that takes, takes some time. Right. It can go quickly or it can, or it can be laborious, yeah, yeah. you know, for years writing a song. Yeah. 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 So especially with three different guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so 
I had I had gone to see Chuck Kay, who's uh, representing uh, Neil, well, Nielsen and a whole bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And I went up and I said, you have any stuff? I, you know, and I told him who I was with. He said, oh, guys, those guys are crazy. He said, you know, there's a new guy that just had a hit. He's in a movie. Everyone's talking. And, you know, Harry Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Says, mm-hmm. Here, his, yeah. album, his album's going to be coming out pretty soon. He, and he, he said, why don't, you, here, why don't you go listen to it? And I had the album, you know, and he, uh, Nielsen, no, no one knew who Barry was. And I picked one. I said, the one's, you know, one's a, a hit. I also had um, a Johnny Guitar Watson song that I saw, thought was really, really good. So I brought that to the band. Also, mm-hmm. Tim Harden, I thought was a great, great writer. Um, I brought uh, Don't, uh, Don't Make Promises from him. And mm-hmm. I ended up, we ended up, all the songs I brought, we ended up doing. So Corey brought a couple of songs. One of them was Randy Newman. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this 1968. Randy Newman, I don't think that on the charts until 71, 72. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's I mean, known now, but not back then. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying, yeah, no one yeah. knew. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knew who this guy was. So, you know, we literally found, you know, uh, we were exposed to him. So, uh, you know, so anyway, so that's, you know, that's what, it, you know, that's what it was. And, and then the next album, you know, I knew Laura Neer from the Bronx and, and I really loved her stuff. So I thought Eli's coming would be great for Corey. Mm-hmm. So I gave it to Easy to Be Hard. Um, I, you know, it was from the show Hair. I just thought the timing mm-hmm. needed changed on things. So I brought that. And, um, you know, it was like, and then we, we, an Elton song was played for us, Elton John. Right. We were, wow, this is good. Who is this guy? And he said, well, this, is, this guy, <laughs> this is his record. He's never, he's never had a record release in the United States. And, and mm-hmm. this is, wow. you know, this, he, you know but so anyways, so uh, when we went to London, we met Elton and he gave us this album he was working on, which was his first album. We had uh-huh. access to every one of those songs. Your song and take me to the pub. Anyway, so wow. that's you know, that's we all brought in our songs, and mm-hmm. uh, and it ended up uh, we had good ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you guys were also you were on a lot of shows back. Then. I mean, you were you guys were huge. Yeah. And so, but uh, one I saw, you know, you can go on YouTube. Do you do you ever go back and watch <laughs> some of the live performances? Some of the yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll click on it on YouTube. So yeah. Oh, I, I remember this. Yeah. But the <laughs> one was a uh, Glenn Campbell, Good Time Hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Now oh, was yeah. that? He was a nice. That wasn't. Guy. Was that live? That wasn't live, was it? Some of it you was remember? like It's for You was live. The what other were... Joy of the World was live. Okay. Because uh, an old fashioned love song. That was there's, the only one that wasn't. Yeah, because there's a lot of costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that, that, that was. Yeah, that was made as because the. They did all this uh, costume uh, changing. We couldn't have done it. We couldn't have done it live. Now, yeah. that's an, an interesting story because. Yeah. What do you think about the costume changes and versus, I, I you know, just dressing well, casual? The thing we were trying to get a, a period. To, the thing that was interesting was that wasn't released. And I mm-hmm. knew, I knew that we needed to play a new song from that album. And it uh-huh. either had to be Old Fashioned Love Song or Never Been to Spain. And that was just my mm-hmm. opinion. So Corey just, you know, he didn't want to do, he said, no, I'm only, they, they want me to do Mama or, Mama or one of the other songs. So yeah. I said, fine, I, I'm not, I'm not, I won't do one. I'll just do, I want to do Old Fashioned Love Song. I said, this is the biggest show on TV right now in the summer. You mm-hmm. know? It's the only show, there's nothing yeah. on it. You know? <laughs> and boom, the next day, that song, that, 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 you know, 
people calling the, the, the record company released it immediately. It sold millions. Wow. Just wow. from that Glenn Campbell show really uh, was a big, no. and, and you know, and you know, media is so different. Back then, I believe, uh, I, when I was growing up, when I finally got a TV, wasn't there like 16 channels or 12? I mean, there's a lot, there's, yeah, yeah, there's no, less, no, no, there's no, less no, options. Yeah. And so yeah, and, 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 more people are going to see you. Yeah. When it got broader, you know, you could see them milking a cow or something. For yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you could see uh, the equestrian hour. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? <laughs> now John John Wayne was on that. Yes, John Wayne, Mr. Mr. Wayne, we uh, we talk? ended up coming. Uh, he ended up liking us. He's very, mm-hmm. <laughs> very not, not skeptical, but he didn't give a shit about us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, you know, to him we were just uh, you know uh, some hippies. Yeah, they'll be gone in a week. <laughs> uh, but we, he when he started hearing when Jake Glenn started going, oh, no, John, John, this these guys. Are you, they sell out stadiums. These guys are, these guys are filthy rich. And blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the next day, John comes in uh, with pictures of, of a boat he wants to sell. He said, look, mm-hmm. I got a boat. You guys interested in a boat? He's trying to sell this boat. <laughs> so he, I said, what? She shows his pictures. He owns a PT boat, an actual PT boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. an actual one. Yeah. John Wayne, of course. He wouldn't know that. <laughs> You know, a PT boat with guns, you know what I mean? It yeah, yeah, I got, I got a it's, boat I want to sell you. It's not a yacht. It didn't have yeah. guns, but I'm sure there were prisoners on there. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so the, 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 the night we did the show, he was actually drunk. They, we, they had to take oh, several really? takes for him when he even introduced us. He goes, hey, you're in town. Because in his brain, it made no sense. Take dog night makes no sense. It's a, yeah. Bunt dogs, dog night to dog. Yeah. Three dogs. You know, and finally he was like, he started laughing. And uh, so the thing he got it actually was a big smile. He was kind of mm-hmm. laughing and he said, guys, I'm three dog night. So, you know, with his arms on us and he, and he said, I got it, guys. You know, so he was, uh, he, you know. <laughs> his arms on, holding on to you. <laughs> yeah, he was fun, although he was a little edgy. He didn't like it. Yeah. Um, we, we were doing, um, they were doing a scene. Uh, Tim uh, Conway was on the show. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest men ever. Oh, yeah. And this guy was funny, funny. I mean, he, he, what he said was funny. How he walked was funny. I mean, everything about it. <laughs> so he, they're doing this Western scene uh, with John Wayne. And John Wayne keeps, you know, like muffing the lines, you know, <laughs> muffing the lines. And uh, Tim makes some reference. Uh, you know, I, I guess the Duke can do anything he wants, you know. But, I yeah. mean, it wasn't, it, it's, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't even as bad as that. But he was kidding. And uh, when they did the scene, John was supposed to, you know, hit one of those sugar uh, bottles over uh-huh. his head. And he literally, <laughs> yeah. he literally jammed it into his head. And he caught him. Wow. Yeah, so oh, he, wow. was, uh, he, you know, you didn't, you didn't mess with the Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, looking at a couple albums, you Three Dog Night had two different albums that were banned, right? You've got uh, It Ain't Easy, uh, where everybody's naked and orange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we have a. <laughs> oh yeah, I was, I was looking. Yeah, we got, we got a picture of that here. Color. There you there go. You. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Does that look familiar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. and remember these are this is where everybody's getting their music you know with the, you have to you have to buy the album you're going to get the cover art you know so if oh, yeah, uh, the inside art all the oh everything i missed we I missed mean, those days you know bobby's girlfriend walks the dog you know i mean <laughs> anything you want to know yeah so anyway so that cover uh, yeah that cover was uh the, the record company put it out they just uh, it was banned okay. and all the uh you know uh, the, Target stores like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But whatever, anyway, the, yeah. whatever the big stores were, yeah. Were. So they changed, you know, they changed, the, they changed the, the cover. But I want to tell you something. You know, they didn't have any apps or any of that stuff back then. So we had to actually paint ourselves. And I don't know whoever got the paint. <laughs> but it was not like a water paint. It was like grease. I mean, I ruined my shower getting this stuff. I, mean, I thought it was Cheetos. What? I thought it was Cheeto dust. Jim just figured you guys uh, were in a giant vat of Cheetos. It's yeah, Cheeto no, orange. It definitely yeah, is. I would have washed off better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this other stuff was, was ridiculous. So you're saying it's, it's oil. It's like oil-based. It's not yeah, water-based. It's, and it's all over you. Yeah, it's, it's all just over covering. you. I can't get it off. And when I do get yeah. it off, it's in the tiles of my shower. You know, yeah. it's like this. Oh, you probably, <laughs> probably still see it when you Plus, go. Joe Sherry's <laughs> wife. Joe Sherman's bass player, Joe Sherman's wife, mm -hmm. hears that there's a nude girl. You know, the girl in the bubble. Upper, yeah. upper left. Yeah, 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 yeah. The girl in the bubble. Yeah. So she heard that there was, you know, yeah. an orgy going on. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yes. Girl. Yeah, I see her. Yeah. So, yeah, so she, she forced her way in there screaming, you know, at Joe <laughs> in a big fight. Yeah, big fight broke out. So anyway, that, that, that session was uh, a difficult one. Oh my! Oh, the other and the other one oh, then this, was yeah. hard labor. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trying that, to figure out what that's like a doll. I know we're trying to figure out actually what is giving birth. You know, the rest of it's kind of making sense, but what is it that's giving birth? Yeah, know? I don't know why. They, I don't know why they did that. I mean, they could have. You know, it's kind of something like a, something like a reptile or something. But I don't yeah, know yeah. why they yeah. they did that. But the, the the person in the outfit is June Fairchild. Uh, Danny's girlfriend, and June was in uh, several <laughs> movies. She was in uh, Up in Smoke with Cheech and Chong. She oh was, yeah, yeah. She was in uh, what was that? Pretty Maze with Rock Hudson. Um, she was in, you know, she did a yeah. A, I don't know about seventy movies. It almost like looks like a doll, bro. Like a oh, we thought it was a doll bit, a doll head. So yeah, it is, uh, it is not kind of a weird head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, everybody's every. Everybody's helping with the delivery except this one person that looks like you in the background there up yeah. against the wall. Yeah. Is that yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Jim what called is? it. Jim got it. Yeah. That is yeah. you back there. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but it's not me. It's, I, uh, it, it's an identical uh, clone of me, body of this. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. And, and you, we, we had the three of us I went to Disney. And we got our face back then. We had the faces made exactly, yep. you know, exactly. Wow. Back then it was a terrible process. You couldn't breathe. It was, oh, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we did that. We had our, you know, bodies made exactly the, the size we were. And so we had three dummies. <laughs> had three dummies. And mm -hmm. each dummy did uh, a different thing. Like my dummy, my head shot up uh, seven feet and spun around. So anyway, <laughs> so that's the dummy. Okay. That's the dummy and uh Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you had them they were made just for the album cover? No, no, or? no. They were made for, for part they were part of our act. Oh, oh. we had we, we were into the solution <laughs> thing 
that we wanted to be a part of our act. And we had this uh, made, um, this box mm-hmm. that went up on a, a lift and the box, you, this, the light was inside the box. So the three dummies were in the box and it was a silk mm-hmm. screen. So when the lights went on inside in the dark arena, it looked like us behind a screen. Oh, <laughs> oh so cool. Okay. Then the screen moved and the th- three dummies came out. Now, how it was, we were first were right on stage and we were singing, that, 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 boom, and it went black, and then boom, within a second, we were up there. So cool. it was like, well, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> wow. So oh, yeah. the, the dummies come out, <laughs> and Corey's dummy completely, the whole body turned, spun. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dummy, my head shot at six feet in the air, six feet, <laughs> and spun around, and Danny, I forget what Danny's dummy did. But anyway, so we, you know, we, we did that. And it was, you know, it was, it was, that was one of the things you could do. But Is the there very, video of that? I got to see that. <laughs> what, no, no. We had no footage. What happened? Oh. The, the first night we're unveiling this whole thing, <laughs> we're at the Anaheim Convention Center, sold mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. We do the thing. Boom. There's the dummies. The lights come in. And, and all of a sudden, this dummy starts shaking. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> dummies are having seizures. What are they? <laughs> it's got to be part of the show, dude. It's got to be part of the show. Guy, a maintenance guy had nailed to be secure so the, th- so the thing <laughs> didn't move. Nail the, 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 the thing that came out, the, the piece. Yeah. yeah. And so it wouldn't come out. And yeah, so it's still just my head. My head fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, so everyone was so freaked out, we never did it again. <sighs> wow. Just, so, just one show at, uh, with the dummies. Yeah, just, one th- show. That was it. Yeah. That was well, it. I, never, I never heard that story before yeah, yeah. at all. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah we, didn't, we weren't brave enough to try again after that. <laughs> but so so your management and and others were doing that uh, that kind of uh, process, right? I mean, your focus was singing, is that right, Chuck? No, no, we did all that. Oh, you were oh, you were so you were in on all that. Oh, no, management, okay. yeah, management. You know, about a creative creative as uh, yeah. diarrhea. You know, <laughs> no, no, these guys are not and nothing artistic. No, that was all us. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a lot of stuff. We had a yeah. lot of stuff. I mean, we went to Disney, went to all these different people. Um, we had, we, you know, back then the hologram, we, we uh, had the processes. That we just couldn't get it big enough. Right, you know, right. Uh, so we we're going to use them. This is 60, uh, you know, 68. So we yes. were ahead of everybody. Uh, we, yeah. we had, we had, uh, we had uh, screens where three fireballs uh, were yeah. coming down. It looked like three pop fibers, and all of a sudden, it was three guys, and we came right through the screen. The screen was cut. It came right through the screen, wow. and we were on stage. Wow. So we were into a lot of a lot of stuff. The management didn't want any of it. it cost <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah what, are so, uh, what are you doing? You know. So 68, 69, 70, this is, uh, again, uh, before people are filling up uh, stadiums, arenas. It's before. No, the only, only stadium that anyone had ever done was the Beatles. They did a couple stadiums, mm-hmm. but again, it was the Beatles. And, yeah, uh, right, right. Yeah, but no one had done them, mm-hmm. and we, we were starting to do, uh, like, the Cotton Bowl and play places like that twice a year. And, you know, you can't, you can't go into it. You can't do that. It's too much. 
I mean, yeah. you, know, you burn out the, the you know you burn out the uh, the area. So so we just decided you know we we need to get bigger venues, and they started uh, working on the uh, you know the big ballparks with Concerts West, and it right. was really hard because mm-hmm. they didn't want us in there. The stadiums, the ballparks, the football—they didn't want us in there. They, you know, is it yeah. rock and roll and it's hippies or what? Uh, yeah, what's yeah, that? yeah, we don't want yeah. them on our grass. We don't want them. Uh, we don't want them anyway. I'm affected. <laughs> Get off of my show, grass. <laughs> the first show we had, we were in like the visitors' dressing room, you know, in a basement. Yeah. Atlanta Braves Stadium, whatever our first show. Yeah. And um, you know, it was like, what the hell is this? And we, yeah. we but we we were very smart. We realized the way they talked to us and treated us, that they didn't want us there. So we mm-hmm. went out of our way and we talked to one of them and said, let's just show these guys, you know, what, what pro. Oh, yeah. Are. Yeah. And we just, we, we, we took everything. We were kind and, you know, we, when we left, we just heard, these are the nicest guys. We can't believe it. We'd love to have them back. And that happened yeah. every. That's so great. We That's excellent. Stadiums, Atlanta Braves. We did all, we did, you know, almost every, uh, every stadium. And we, uh, you know, we won everyone over. And a matter of fact, um, Concerts West was trying to sign um, Led Zeppelin uh, to, do, to do it as well. And in one of our shows in Florida, at one of the football fields, I don't, I don't know which one it was, um, we did the show, Led Zeppelin was our guest. And the, basically, they were there just to see how it worked. And, you know, so on our <laughs> dime, uh, you know, on our dime, they got to they were uh, learning. You know, they, were... They, they got to learn. And then basically, you know, we didn't know it then, but it was, you know, our own agent selling us out. We didn't need them on that show. The show was already <laughs> sold out, you know. And, just, wow. you know, and uh, anyway, so it's, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was a great <clears throat> time. We, we, we started that whole thing. Wow. So I, recently <laughs> I... Um discovered a song of yours called catch me when i'm down mm. now that's it's on the live album is it live i don't think it's live right no it's not live mm-hmm. but was that on any other album or is that just like a uh, that's, bonus no that's a, that, that's a bonus track okay um now did you write the, that song it's a good it's a great song anything yeah, you want to yeah. say anything about it yeah, I did it with uh, David Morgan, who's just a great, a great writer. I've I've written a couple songs with David. Okay. And David is actually now with Three Dog Night. Oh. Three Dog Night hired him several <laughs> years ago to take Corey's place because oh. he's such a great singer. So here is the Chuck Negron song, Catch Me When I'm Down. You 
We're back with Chuck Negron. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a great song. Basically, David, David, uh, you know, Dave, that whole imagery and everything. That's just, you know, it's just really mm-hmm. real. 
And, and it's, yeah. you know what the truth of it is? The, tr the thing about it is you have a homeless person. You have mm -hmm. someone whose life is, has been destroyed by, by alcohol and drugs. And still, mm -hmm. you know, the false pride that, you know, hey, look, you want me to help you? Can I help you? But no, no, mm -hmm. I'm having a good day. But you know what? Catch me when I'm down. You know, I'm, I'm, he's homeless. Yeah, right. you know, I'm good the, today. The line that gets, yeah, the line that gets me is death eating a cracker. Yeah, you yeah. look like you look like, like death, death eating a cracker. Did you write that? <laughs> oh, he wrote that. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like uh, you can't get drier than that. Yeah, yeah. Now, and your your latest album was called Generations, right? With the girls. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, that's great. You know, you get to perform with your daughters, and mm -hmm. what? What age did they start singing? I mean, um, did you well, you obviously my, encouraged? Well, no, my, no. Actually, my my uh, my twenty six year old. She started singing when I would re be rehearsing in uh, upstairs, and she would come and just take the mic and start singing. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So by the time she was nine, she wanted she wanted, she would come up on the stage and sing with me. And mm -hmm. she actually sang at the Hollywood Bowl. Very cool. <laughs> 17,000 people. Wow. You know, she came she and sang with me. And by at 10, she recorded David Foster and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Alberto Contica. They, they produced a record of ours. We did a duet, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And that's all wow. one of the records, too. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So she wanted to do it from a very young age. Then she went to uh, Cal Art. He had graduated from Cal Art. And so she's been an artist. You know, she does other things, too. So she was, in, you know, she was into, into it at the time. And my other girl was, and she was 13 when we started working mm -hmm. on the album. Now, now she's 19. She's actually at the Paul University in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, the one, the one song is Be My Baby, uh, Do I Love oh, yeah, You? Yeah, it it you showcases like both your daughters. Yeah. yeah. And the one, your daughter sings Do I Love You. She kind of has, I thought, like a country kind of. Yeah, twang well, yeah. or a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> where your other yeah, daughter yeah. has such a nice smooth yeah 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 well she was yeah. very she's yeah well, I, well, actually we did the uh, vocals she was 14 i, I mean so she wow was just, wow she was just I didn't know that. You know, she was <laughs> like not she hadn't really she was finding herself and that's one of the reasons i wanted to do it i wanted them since they both were interested i said i want to i want to show them what dad does and we're going to do it together. So it was mm -hmm. a family project yeah. of what, what I do and then learning to got to be on time. You, you mm -hmm. can't just say, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've got a, a seven hour day. You got to, you know, you can't just say, I'm, this, I'm going home, you know, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just all stuff. And we got, you got to take breaks. You got to eat. You got to take care of yourself, you know? Um, so, you know, we, uh, we did that project together. It was really, uh, you know, it was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. I wrote, yeah. you know, I wrote almost all the songs and um, it was a ball. Very cool. Jim and I just got done reading your book. It's a uh, three dog nightmare right there. It is. There I just is. finished it up uh, two days ago and uh, there's so much history. I mean, you really, you really give it all. And this edition is, uh, I believe the fourth edition you said, and it's, uh, it's got that, the ending piece in it, the last quarter of the book. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the publishers, uh, you know, that's some people keep, people keep contacting us. They want to put it out again. So, right, right. But, so, but to put it out again, you know, you, they want, you know, new. So I wrote, 
I think all together, I think there are over 12 new chapters. That's right, done. right, right. Oh, yeah. And so what we see in that, uh, Jim and I were talking, and we really see how uh, over and over again, you know, you're a survivor. And we just ask ourselves, how the heck did you survive this? How did you survive all this? I mean, here we are talking to you live. It's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you attribute it to your faith, your faith in God. And uh, and that, uh, that day, tw- 29 years, I believe, you've been uh, Yeah, yeah, 29 sober. coming up. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, going September, on September September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one. All right, September seventeenth, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, very good. So yeah, it's just, just amazing um that you've you've gotten through all that and uh it's yeah, it's it's inspiring. It's it's inspiring, Chuck. And, yeah, well, uh, you know, it's you go on. And the the organization is Cry Help that really that's was the turning point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for me, they uh, all the programs, and you still work with them. I, yes, not as much as I used to be now mm-hmm. in the quarantine. You know. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I can't, but yeah, I, yeah, I do have done shows for them. Uh, you know, they've helped me get people in there who I know that need help, and they've been, they've been, they've been, you know, been great. They changed my life. But but it's a, the thing with them was I've been through all these rehabs. You know, thirty days, sixty days. To make to go to Cry Help, you had to make a commitment for uh, almost a year because mm-hmm. they had they had realized that real drug addicts and alcoholics they can't just clean up and send you back out. They're too indoctrinated in another lifestyle. Right. Uh, yeah. You, they need to get farther away. Plus the insanity that comes along with losing your right of choice because you're so physically addicted. You have mm-hmm. no choice. I mean, you got to. Your body takes over. Yeah, your, yeah. your yeah. body's yeah. telling you what to do. No, no, so you're going to want to die. So, you know, then you have the mental obsession that doesn't stop. High, blah, 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 you know, all of the, the stuff. So, you know, you really need time to get away from that. And um, I mean, I remember being there 90 and oh, And by the way, you couldn't uh, call anybody or t- t- get, uh, t- reach the outside or even know what was going on out there for 60 days. You couldn't have a visit for ninety. Wow! Yeah. No one, you know, so so you, you think that's really good? Bad. That's you think that's yeah, one of the better. That... Well, you know what? When you leave the wreckage, do you the alcohol and drugs leave behind them? You you can't you you know you you can't be that deal with that. The, the mm-hmm. wife who's divorcing you, the mother who's taking your kids away, all that stuff. That's got to happen. He's going to let, you know, not know what's going mm-hmm. on, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we, yeah. you know, you, you need to take care of yourself. Primarily what it is, is we need to teach you how to live and we know how to do it. And, and before you can leave there, I'm jumping towards the end, but before you can leave mm-hmm. there, you've got to get a job. You have to have enough money in a banking account to get an apartment, someplace to live. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to move in and turn on your lights. And mm-hmm. once you do yeah. that, you're allowed to leave. So when you leave, you have a, you have a new life. You've got yeah, a job. Yeah. You've got your own place. You know, you're not, this, you know. So it's re- it was really, really amazing program. And their, their rate of success was so high. Now, of course, with the advent of insurance and all these uh, different companies that utilize, uh, utilize you know, recovery houses, they have now 30 and 60 day programs. And, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. they, I mean, people get sober. It's just, you know, 
I'm not not what they used to do. It's not life changing. Yeah. yeah, they're sober. I've yeah. got a yeah. uh, fa- I've got a family member, and uh, he has been sober for 13 years. Oh, Life's great. completely changed. He's a new man. It's just it's yeah. amazing. And uh, and AA uh, is really uh, you know it's where you meet with honest people, truly speak your mind, and it's uh, it's his church. You know, it's yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, it, it, and everybody will tell you that it's it's you it's your church, book. or it's or it's better than church. You know, most well, you of them read, will tell you. You read that. You read Alcoholics Anonymous, the book. It is a spiritual book. Right. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is down spiritual. The twelve and twelve mm-hmm. uh, spiritual. They're spiritually based. Right. You know, it, um, all the twelve steps. Yeah. 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 So, uh, where can people go and purchase the book? Uh, they can go to uh, chuckdegron.com. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And also, I have this. Um, we do once a week. We do Three Dog Night Revisited, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we read it. We read a chapter, or you know, okay. beginning we read two, but now the chapters are getting longer. So, we read yeah. a chapter. I comment on a chapter, tell stories uh, about the, what we just what we just read, and we start off by taking questions from people from the chapter before. So, and, and that's, uh, you can check on that on mm-hmm. uh, chucknegron.com. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's really. Is that yeah. direct from your website or, because I see uh, it on it's, Instagram. It's like, no, it's on, you know what, it's on, a, I, God, I wish I knew the program it's on. What okay. is it? It's on Key Live. Okay. How do you spell yeah. that? What's Key? Key Live. K-E-Y, Key okay. Live, yeah. Okay. And it's Three Dog Nightmare Revisited. It's a web series. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Excellent. Yeah, so we're getting, we're really getting a nice re, uh, response uh, with that because, you know, I basically tell the stories behind the stories and, and uh, you know. And and thank you for autographing my book. Yeah, there oh, it is. It, buddy. <laughs> hey, we're almost done. Uh, is there anything that is on your mind, Chuck? That uh, what's what's coming up next for you, or just any thoughts? Uh, any thoughts of what's happening? Anything in the world? we didn't cover? Yeah. Or, no, or any any go on. any of your thoughts? Uh, you know, regarding uh, the current culture of today and how uh, how you, how rock and roll, how your life, how how it fits into it, or just anything at all. Anything you want to say? Yeah, it's you know. Um, uh, what is what I guess the biggest thing that that is affecting uh, my life is uh, how America is so divided and uh, mm-hmm. how right. what is going on in our major cities is being allowed to go on. I, you know, I, oh, yeah. you know for another generation, you know, we had there was you, there was respect for for, for people, mm-hmm. and, right? Uh, you know, this is a what is going on is uh, to me, you know, a terrible. Uh, and it's and to me, what happened? The sadness is it's all pol- politicians. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. It's all political. They don't Stirring care about us. At all. And, they yeah, don't care. Yeah. They don't give a care about us at all. It's all about no, no. Cor- causing enough diversion and everything yeah. that this election, uh, you know, mm-hmm. changes everyone's mind. Anyway, so so yeah, that bothers yeah. me because it just I worry about my kids. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, kids are getting hit, beaten up. You know. Uh, um, and you know my girls are one girls in college in, in Chicago, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. so it's yeah. like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know I think, so I just yeah. musically musically uh, I, I kind of for me it's kind of slowed down. I heard haven't heard anything fresh or new. Yeah. I mean you know hip hop and rap and all that stuff. I mean there's a lot of good stuff that they're putting out. There's a new album. Bob Bob Dylan album. But yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's nothing new. They're all doing the same stuff. Yeah. You know, the whole or, structure of writing the songs, 
they're all the same. They're all oh, the yeah. same. And yeah. they're using a formula. And that's how, uh, you know, how this stuff is done. I haven't heard any great new singers. You know, mm-hmm. oh, hi, look who's here. <laughs> <laughs> Black cat like crossed my path. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just jumped uh, one story down. No. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, there's a big, I have a big, oh. you know, not a whole wow. story. Big pretty far down. Wow. Yeah, well, they play. Boom. Yeah, wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so I'm excited about the studio getting up and writing some of the, the songs mm-hmm. and working with some mm-hmm. of the people, some of the tracks. Um, and, I, you know, so I'm, you know, excited about that. Yeah, we're glad that you're still active. Glad to see oh, you still so, doing well, it. Do. I, so am I. And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and maybe know, we like, can uh, catch you next year, you know, hopefully, things hopefully. get back to normal. Yeah. yeah, God willing, I'll maybe be we can uh, say hi to you. <laughs> we'll say I hi to you to the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. easy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate All right. it, guys. All yeah. right, thanks a lot, Chuck. Thank you Chuck, so much, Chuck Negro, in the studio with us. All right, thank you. Take God care. Bless. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Wow, <laughs> what a great interview! That was. Incredible. Good time with Chuck. I hope that all you listeners really enjoyed that. He had uh, some really good stories. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Jim, it's interesting as I, I reflect on, uh, you know, speaking with Chuck, doing music for, with his voice mm-hmm. anyway, for 60 yeah. years. You yes. Know? And, uh, you know, at the end uh, or in the middle there, he was talking about uh, what he's doing, um, you know, recording, putting out another album with his daughters, you know, still making music today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And his voice still, I I saw a video of him from, I think it was last year. His voice is still, still good. Right, right. And in, in his presence in interview, it's like he was 20 years younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're getting, Jim, right now, getting to the good, the bad, and the guilty. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you want to start off? You want me to start off? I can start off. All right, go ahead. What do you, what do you know it's good? So, uh, my good, it's a brand new single. Uh, probably came out maybe... I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And it's from a band called The Weeks. And it's a song called Bobby. And this is a band, they are originally from Mississippi, and Mm -hmm. then they relocated to Nashville. They're a pretty young band, but they they have six albums out. Get this, they formed in 2006 when they were between 14 and 16 years old. Wow. So this was like a high school band. Yeah. And... uh, they have a pretty good fan base, I'd say. Uh, the members are Kyle Barnes, lead vocals, Samuel Williams, guitar, Kane Barnes, which is Kyle's brother, on drums, mm-hmm. and Damian Bone on bass. Yeah. Now, what I noticed, this song actually brought me back to like a 70s, and I immediately, when I heard this song, Bobby, um, I thought of Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And... Almost, it's it's hard to um, you know pinpoint, uh, but it's it's like boys are back in town, uh, jailbreak. So it's guitar know, kind of, oriented and driving, yeah, of driving like, guitar and like dirty guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's voice, Kyle, sounds almost like the lead singer, the original lead singer of Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. What I liked about this too, it 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 starts off with guitar vocals and then. It has that little stop. Mm-hmm. It stops and then starts again. This is where you've got no audio. It's like zero, like space. Yeah, right? it stops with vocals <laughs> and the music stop at the same time and then starts again. Mm-hmm. And there's a great guitar solo 
in this too. Mm -hmm. So here's a little bit of the song Bobby by the Weeks. So that, yeah, that's my good. And again, it's uh, the weeks with Bobby and the lyrics are fun lyrics and nothing, uh, nothing modern in the lyrics, Mm -hmm. like no mention of cell phones, texting or anything. (laughs) Um, I mean, it starts off with the slick haired girls with a pretty skirts say, let's see whose hands are shaken. (laughs) And the broad chest boys from South Detroit said, whose money are we taking? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's got that, that Thin Lizzy kind of feel to it. Yeah. yeah um, cool. So I, lo- I love this song. Uh, I've listened to it probably 10 times. So it's one of those songs you can just listen to over and over. And that's what makes it a good song. Yeah. You know, if, if you hear it for the second time or th- and, and you don't want to hear it anymore, but this song I could just listen to over and over. So, mm-hmm. well, so there we go. The Weeks. <clears throat> very good. Jim, I'm going to stick with also something really new, which, uh, as I talked about, you know, going from 60 years ago, 50 years ago, number one hits, to something that was written and recorded just two months ago. Okay. Going with Level of Concern by 21 Pilots. Okay. I saw mm-hmm. the show with my daughter in D.C. back in Halloween of 2018, and a great show it was. Uh, two people opened up for him there at the same place, the, you know, the D.C. arena that I was just talking about. Okay. You know? So this... Uh, is a duo, Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn. Tyler Joseph, singer, songwriter, guitar, keys, and Josh Dunn on percussion. So literally two people. Yeah, two people. And then they and they when they, they they have others playing with them. When uh, they perform live. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, uh, the single I chose, this is a single put out just uh, two months ago, and it's not on an album. It's not accompanied by okay. an album. So, And the, the selection I chose actually is the live remotely done version for the May 23rd Jimmy Fallon show. So great video. Mm-hmm. Check out Level of Concern by 21 Pilots. Uh, it, you know, the studio is a little bit slightly different. They bring in trumpets and the, the horns. The, I think it's trumpet and another uh, another horn as well, back and forth. And I just like the, I just like the live better. They do a great job remotely. He, he sends uh, his uh, other people playing with him are Simon, Paul, Jesse, and a costumed creature called Ned. Okay. And I asked my daughter about <laughs> Ned, and she says, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like the alter ego. You know, like a lot of, you know, Bono had the alter ego. Oh, okay. These people have an alter ego. Okay. Bowie had several of them. Yeah. But uh, so Ned is there playing an electric guitar, and we believe it to be the lead singer, Tyler Joseph. We've got uh, we've got lyrics. It's, it's about a song about uh, Tyler's writing about his loved one, and he says, will you be my little quarantine? Uh-huh. And, and it's, you know, 
it's written it's written mm-hmm. for and during the beginnings of COVID and uh, just expressing his level of concern and how they can share and support each other. Nice. Okay, now we're on to the bad. <laughs> <clears throat> so this song, uh, this song, I believe, was originally a TikTok 15-second video. Okay. Although I, I couldn't figure it out because the, the song, the... The entire song actually came out pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "Bored in the House," and <laughs> that wouldn't be B O A R D, right? That would be B O R E D. Okay, yeah. <laughs> by Tyga and Curtis Roach. Tyga. Now the TikTok video. Tyga in the house. <laughs> <laughs> now the TikTok video has one million views. Okay. <sighs> And this video has 6,765,000 views. Wow. Now, this reminded me of something uh, Mike and I, back in the late 80s, early 90s, yes. we, re- we recorded a rap song. Actually, we recorded two. Yo, yo, But baby, one was, I yo, mean, we may yo. release this someday. It was called Yo, Yo, Baby. Yo, yo, baby. Yo, we may release yo. it to the public. Uh, but this is a song that Mike and I just, you know, we came up. We, it's a basement recording all the way. Yeah, yeah quick yeah. lyrics mm-hmm. we just wrote off mm-hmm. the cuff. And yeah. that's what this sounds like. <laughs> and I'm like confused because now, you know, I'm thinking if we if we had recorded Yo Yo Baby, we might actually get on MTV. Yo yo baby. Yo, you know? Yo. But this song is about, of course, the quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the video is filmed in their respective houses. So it's mm-hmm. probably a $50 budget, yeah, yeah. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were probably bored when they wrote the song. Bored uh, at home. <laughs> now, there are lyrics to this song, but the the big thing is it, it starts at bored in the house and in the house bored over and over, right? Mm-hmm. Until they get to the lyrics. <laughs> These are some uh, comments on YouTube. Uh, Jay says, the dislikes are the people who aren't bored in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, D. Estevez says, fun drinking game. Take a shot every time they say bored. I, <laughs> I think you might be dead if you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, Drowsy says, if this doesn't get song of the year, we messed up. So, and the state of the Grammys, I'd say, it. I, I hope not. But mm-hmm. And then Tamia Gasper says, I guess we can all agree to call this the official quarantine anthem. Mm-hmm. Now... This is the thing with YouTube. When there's a video and it's, um, you know, 10, 20 years old, especially 10 years old, I think, people come back and they're like, like, say a, a video came out in 2010. Yeah. They come back in 2020, say, who's here in 2020? Yeah. So we got all these 10-year comments already on this video. <laughs> I'm here to be a part of the comments for the random <laughs> recommendations of people in 10 years. And then another person says, I'm excited to come back to this in like 10 years and see what's changed. Mm -hmm. I doubt we're still going to be wearing masks and stuff like that. But those of us who still are alive. Yeah. yeah. So this is the um, so like I said, it's bored in the house. I'm in the house bored. I'm bored. Then a MFer in the house bored. You know, we got some MFers in there. (laughs) And then. um, Sitting on the couch and I'm going through my Netflix. Bored than a MFR. Mm-hmm. I ain't even doing. Shh. Tell her to pull up. Make make it shake it like Nes- Nesquik. 
neck frozen with nowhere to go, and then <clears throat> a swear word again. Mm-hmm. We're trying to keep this clean, obviously, the podcast. <laughs> or we have to uh, rate it. This isn't rated. Yeah. And then, uh, I won't go through all the lyrics, but tell the B-I-T-C-H, chill like refrigerator doors. Oh, they're cold. Yeah. Yeah. They're chill. You know, the lyrics are, are pretty bad. So that's my, uh, that's my bad. It's a pretty bad. You know, when I saw it on MTV, I'm like, oh, what, what is this? And why is it being played? You know, that's how bad it was. All right, Jim, I'm keeping with the TikTok theme because my title of my bad song is TikTok. Okay. Okay. So I hmm. could, I, I can even, I can, you know, we can't play it. So I could even sing you some of it, you know, if you want me to. Don't stop, make it pop. Let me speak to that. But it's by Kesha. Okay. Yes. Kesha with the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got, you know. Yeah. I think I've heard this song. Yeah. So um, she was born Kesha Rose Siebert. But uh, Jim, I first saw Kesha. I was at home off work and I'm listening. I'm watching Good Morning mm-hmm. America. And they had this thing like all summer. They have a, a celebrity uh, performers on oh, Fridays. Yeah. yeah live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I watched yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing it was a few years back. I would have to guess four or five. Okay. I said, I got to check this out. Well, I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Okay. Yeah. So um, later, I think I saw her on a list of performers that were uh, using autotune, like, oh, like yeah. extremely. Yeah, yeah, extremely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I listened to this song, uh, most of it, and then I tried again yesterday, and I listened to the beginning, and I listened. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually couldn't get through the whole thing. Um, don't stop. Make it pop. DJ, blow my speakers up. Um, I'm, tonight, I'm going to fight until the sunlight and TikTok on the clock, and uh, and so forth, and so That's forth. That's not the song about brushing her teeth with Jack Daniels, yeah, yeah, this, is it's, it? Yeah, it's right oh, here. Yeah. yeah, so you that know this one. That was a huge song. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. How old, it's a relatively new song, though, right? Or not, no. No? Oh, okay. It could be like four or five. All right, yeah, so... I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one I actually saw on Good Morning yeah, America. okay. But I, I did endure the whole Good Morning America song, because she's performing, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching... When was this, when she was on? Uh, years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know... And it's still stuck in here. Yeah, and I still remember it. And so Kesha's back it's still again. still bad. I didn't think yeah. she would still be performing and still out there. Yeah. But, um, so you know about uh, about brushing your teeth with, uh, Jack. with Jack, with Jack yeah. Daniels, and I'm looking for the lyrics here, and... Uh, so let's see. Yes, yeah, she's going to stay out all night, and uh, I can't find that right there. But uh, that's what that's what she's doing. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a relatively new song, but you're saying mm-hmm. it goes back years. It's, yeah, you know. So so that's what Kesh is doing, and uh, that's it for my bad song. Uh, I okay. I I tried. I tried to listen to the whole now, thing. Now Kesha, there was a an event since Kesha we with the last television. podcast we talked about mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. So Seinfeld was at an event and he's being interviewed and I think this was live. And so someone's interviewing him and Kesha sees Seinfeld because she loves Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she goes up to Seinfeld and wants to give him a hug. Uh-huh. And he puts his hands up like, <laughs> stay away from me. And he didn't know who she was. Wow. Like he thought yeah. some fan just like yeah, got, gonna grab got, him. got in and mm-hmm. was going to grab him. And that like made... Headlines. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Here's the lyric. It says, before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack, because when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so next, uh, I have my guilty. And this guy, he's he's pretty big. He's, mm-hmm. um, And I didn't 
mean to have two bands or people with the same name, but because we had the weeks, mm-hmm. and this is the weekend. Oh, and it's W E E K N D. You should have done the weaklings too. You could have done yeah, the weaklings and weekend. Yeah, but this is weekend. Yeah, the weekend. And this is called Blinding Lights. Mm -hmm. And this this is a pretty popular song. It's from his fourth album. I went to number one in thirty three countries. That's how big it is. Wow. Uh, Now this song was released in November two thousand nineteen, and the song is still at number twenty two. Wow. It's at number twenty two. I just checked it. Mm The YouTube video has 203,342,000 views. Wow. Okay. Now, this is a concept album and mm-hmm. concept videos. Mm-hmm. He play, He's the same character. This is, uh, I think, the second video to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song has an 80s vibe to it. I don't know if you've heard it. No, I don't. I don't. Not familiar with this one. Just know who he is. Yeah. And a lot of people compare the keyboard sound to "Aha, Take on Me." Mm-hmm. So it's got that bouncy kind of yeah. keyboard. It's cool. Uh, it's a good flowing song. Um, I don't know if he uses any vocal, you know, distortion. But the video starts off with him with a bloody face, mm-hmm. and he's laughing like the Joker. Yeah. So he. He's uh, wandering around the city. I think it's Las Vegas. You know, casinos, bright lights. Right. Um, And he's most likely hallucinating from something. And this is the follow-up to his song, Heartless. Mm -hmm. That one ends where he's kissing a frog, and he looks at his hands, and his hands have warts on them, and it almost looks like frog skin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, something's going on there. (laughs) But he's wearing a red sports jacket. Leather gloves. Mm. He's got sunglasses on and loafers and white socks like Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, The weekend he's been compared to Michael Jackson, Prince. Um, mm-hmm. I really like I like his voice. Um, and then the video slips back and forth. He's driving a Mercedes at high speeds. And um, now someone, someone mentioned on YouTube, they show him walking and smoking. And then he's in the car and he's smoking. Mm-hmm. They think that he's not really in the car. He's imagining he's driving this Mercedes. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I at first thought maybe he stole the car. <laughs> yeah. Because uh-huh. he gets beat up. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where the blood comes in. Mm-hmm. Now, people So were... he's making you think in these videos. He's saying, like, why, why did he get beat up? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And this, this guy is so creative. He put out, I think, there's five videos with the same character. Mm-hmm. He's wearing the same clothes. Now, when he went on... Jimmy Kimmel, this was um, in January, mm-hmm. he was wearing the same clothes. He had a bandage on his nose. He had blood on his face. He's playing That's the part. That's how he performed. He's playing the part. Yeah. Now, I don't Very know why cool. people didn't notice then, but when he appeared on SNL in March, mm-hmm. people were, they were wondering what was going on with him. And I, I don't understand how they didn't see the videos I yeah. think there were and put it or... and put it together. See that it's a, this is a performance art, right? He's doing the performance yeah. art along with the musicianship. Yeah, right? yeah. So this uh, the weekend expressed his appreciation for music of the 1980s. He said, "I've always had an ad- admiration for the, the era before I was born." Right. Uh, you can hear it as far back as my first mixtape. That the 80s, Susie. He mentioned Susie and the Banshees. Very cool. The Cocteau Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, played such a huge role in my sound. So this guy, 
I yeah. love that. Yeah, you, and for those who don't know, the Cocteau Twins, very, very ethereal, instrumental. She, her voice is another instrument, and you can't tell what she's singing. You know, it's very, it's very yeah. artsy. Well, very the Cocteau ethereal. Twins, mm -hmm. uh, the lead singer could not speak English. Hmm. Uh, she just put oh, together. So, that, so that's why I yes. couldn't understand what she's saying. Well, she put together words. Yeah. Wow. Just words, yeah. and they didn't make sense, mm -hmm. but she could say the words. Sing them beautifully. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he says, sometimes it helps me create a new sound, and sometimes it's just obvious. I'm glad the world's into it now. So I guess, you know, the 80s come back every once in a while, you know, yeah, movies, yeah. music. But I love this song. I, I can listen to it. it it's kind of dancey, and, but it's... Cool. And the song title again, By the Weeknd? Blinding lights. Blinding lights. Yes. All right. Good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and and Jim, this is exactly why we're doing this. I'm going to go and listen to the weekend. Okay. And uh, I got something for you. Okay. My guilty pleasure. I have better song named Better mm -hmm. by Abisha Yule. Okay. Not to be confused with Oksana Bayul. Oh yeah. Remember you had a you oh, had an I encounter. You had an encounter with her. I touched her butt. <laughs> We'll get. We'll talk about that. Let's another. talk about that some other time. Yeah. Abisha uh, was a lead singer for the band Sick of Sarah. Probably a lot of you don't know. Jim, I think you uh, don't know. It's an all-girl yeah. alternative band. I would describe her musically as the product if Billy Joe Armstrong from mm -hmm. Green Day <laughs> okay. had a child with Joan Jett. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, she's she has a sweet voice. She goes from soft and sweet to screaming it out. You know, okay. just just kind of like Billy Joe oh, Armstrong can check. do, and Joan, Joan Jack. I'm already do. interested. Good, good, good. Um, going to give a shout out to my daughter who uh, turned me on to not only Twenty One Pilots but also uh, Abisha. In fact, uh, I was asking uh, my daughter who she was. Uh, it wasn't really text; it was another messenger type. I don't even know how she communicates, but uh, okay. Abisha was on there. They were they were communicating, yeah. so it was pretty wow. cool. Uh, this song, um, some of the lyrics: uh, Are you okay right now? Do you feel the same? You know, I feel better where you are. And so it's really, it's a questioning uh, song, but a questioning love song. Mm -hmm. Some other great, uh, so you can look for better, uh, the song, but also by the, and this is, a, this is from 2018. So also from Sick of Sarah, before they broke up, a couple great songs are Bittersweet and Giving Up. So Bittersweet, okay. Giving Up, and Better by Sick of Sarah, and then you, it'll lead you to Abisha Yule. That's Yule, U-H-L. Okay. So uh, real fresh, just real real fresh and mm -hmm. uh, and in your face, and um, yeah, that's, Great. that's what I like there. Okay. Now we got one more thing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have our first contest. Excellent, excellent. In line with um, Chuck Negron and Three Dog Night, we are giving away, and this is the best we could do. You know, we're it's, not, it's the best yeah, of the best of Three Dog Night. Great, it's a CD, and what you have to do is you have to email us with your name. I guess in the subject line, put Three Dog Night, or I want that CD, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And you have from August fifteenth to august 30th so 15 days to email us uh if you email us on the 31st uh it's not going to count so jim you're going to get these names and you're going to draw randomly yeah we're going to okay. draw one name all right and then we will contact you and you'll have to give us your mailing info and we will mail the cd to you Good. and we can announce your name in the next podcast if you yeah. don't want to remain anonymous if you don't want us to mention yeah, yeah. your name let us know if you want to use a yeah. 
a uh, alias mm-hmm. like some of us do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this has 20 songs on it, mm-hmm. and good. I'm not going to go through all of them, but, uh, you know, all well, the good ones. Yeah, they've heard them earlier yeah. today uh, on the interview. Yeah. yeah. Ones I like, Out in the Country, I like that one. Um, cool. And uh, Eli's Coming, mm-hmm. Liar, I know Mike likes that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's yeah. some good songs in here. Well, I guess I should uh, give out our email address before I forget. Uh, it's Jim and Mike Podcast at gmail.com. So that's where you can email us uh, for your chance to win a Best of Three Dog Night CD. We want to thank Chuck Negron again for giving his time and being on yes. the show. And it was great to see him through Zoom. And you all got to hear him as well. It was such well. a fun time yeah, interview. Excellent. So hopefully you enjoyed today's show. All right. Until next time. Stay inspired. Don't stop breathing. And don't stop listening. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean. We'd like to thank Chuck Negron for today's interview and permission to use the song Catch Me When I'm Down. The song Bobby by The Weeks was used with permission from Kyle Barnes.